0: Hello and welcome. This is SPAG Dialogue and I'm Iksnul Kaur. It's World Sight Day and at SPAG Dialogue, our constant effort is to create meaningful conversations that define narratives for a better world. The first step to change, we believe, is conversation and we are here to start one. So on this note, we have a very exciting session lined up for you. Don't look away. Why I care is important now more than ever. We have experts and key opinion leaders in the field joining us for this chat. Introducing Dr. Three, He's a vitreo retina surgeon and director of iDoc Hospital in Chennai. Dr. Ritika Satzbev, the director, Center for Sight. Dr. Radha Ratha a national uh, ophthalmology faculty member and a digital influencer who focuses a lot of her time on online education. Thank you so much for joining this panel. It's a pleasure having you on board. I just want to start... By highlighting some data, because I think it's extremely crucial to identify and establish why we really need to have this conversation today. Why are we even talking about eye care? Why is why is there such a need to talk about eye care today? The WHO has, in fact, uh, put out some data recently that says that globally, at least 2.2 billion people have a near or distant vision impairment. And at least 1 billion or almost half of these cases of vision impairment could have been prevented or are yet to be addressed. In fact, vision impairment poses an enormous global financial burden with the annual budget cost of productivity losses associated with vision impairment from uncorrected myopia or press myopia, a loan estimated to be 244 billion US dollars and 25.4 billion US dollars these figures are huge and I want to come to uh, Dr. Ritika right away why do we even have these figures today why is eye care not that important when it comes to health care where is that gap so I think the theme
1: of world side day every year uh, is to create awareness about eye health overall the irony is the eye is the easiest organ that you can localize symptoms to because, you know, you may not know what's happening in what part of the body, but the eye gives you a clear-cut sign by in terms of affected vision. Yet, there is less awareness and less urgency about eye care. If you look at a lot of data, we always focused on blindness. Blindness basically means the person doesn't have enough vision to even be independent. But now the concept is mo- moving towards impairment because you need crisp vision. We are now living in a world where a lot of our activities, including our digital life, require good vision. So we need to work work towards eye health and not just treating blindness. And that gap is tremendous because all the programs earlier were directed towards elimination of blindness. It is only now that we're talking about impairment and the fact that you need perfect vision. It is this perfect vision that helps you function. It helps you learn be it in school or be it in the workplace. And we now have more awareness coming in because we have newer diseases, digital eye strain. The fact that you wear a mask is inducing dry eye. That's a new concept called mask-associated dry eye. And people are getting significant eye strain And uh, if they're not wearing spectacles. So all this is contributing to awareness and therefore the conversations are starting. But though conversations have started, the actions have not. So even during COVID, 30% less people claimed uh, to have visited an eye doctor. So the visit to doctors have again reduced because it is still looked at something which is not urgent. So the follow through has not happened. But yes, I think the digitalized strain is increasing the awareness. And let's hope the follow through follows.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Ajaratna, I want to bring you in here. And you're a digital influencer, you try to create awareness in your own way and get people talking about it. The point that I want to make here is why is it so hard to drive that message across? Is it because symptoms come gradually or they might not be that apparent? What is the reason? See, I would say actually
2: people are quite aware of what's happening. But as uh, an ophthalmologist myself, you know, why people don't turn up to the ophthalmologist as Dr. Hrithika rightly said, because very often they feel, you know, uh, they are paying way more than what they could just uh, get by just walking into a pharmacist and getting those eye drops. You know, so there are a lot of things that go unnoticed just for that reason. You know they think that we fleece you know that generally that it's that mentality in our people that refuses you know that makes them refuse to seek health care and especially eye care see when they have some other problem they feel like you know i need to see the doctor but when it is the eye they feel anyway i'm going to get that same 200 rupees or 300 rupees per medication now why should i also pay that consultation fee to this doctor when my pharmacist is just going to you know lift the drops from the shelf and give it off to me and I think that's one prime reason uh, why there is lesser uh, walk-ins to the clinic and digital eye strain as um, madam rightly said most of them are reading you know they are reading on uh, their phones even about digital eye strain. they read about it on the phones and they know all that you need is a lubricant you know so what they do is they just walk in again. So a lubricant is, they might put it just once a day where, you know, the dosage is not adequate. Or there may be just more than that, as uh, she also said about the vision impairment. So there are a lot of cases where they will need spectacles or, you know, a refractive correction because she's a refractive surgeon. So they might need some refractive surgeries, but, you know, people are just not aware. Because when you're a myopic, you Can see all your near things very, very clearly, so they just make do with that and they don't seek healthcare. So it's basically, I would say, the attitude and their general outlook towards
0: medical practitioners uh, that keeps them from visiting clinics for all this. Quite a catch 22 situation there. You no, know? it really stuck with me when you said that you know, uh, people are even reading about digital ice cream on their phones or on a screen. I mean. That's really the irony of this whole situation, right? Just shifting gears and highlighting the role of the pandemic. We've seen how about 23% of our population has seen their eyesight weakening because of excessive screen time. And a lot of these factors are cataract, glaucoma or age-related macular degeneration. You know, just looking at these figures, Dr. Ritika, if you can... You know, shed some light on why. Is it non prioritization of uh, eye problems during COVID because COVID became the big problem, or is it just a massive increase in screen time? So, I think we have
1: two issues. First, is that definitely the pandemic has accelerated certain eye conditions. For example, the fact that children are now hooked onto a near device and they're not doing any outdoor activity that has significantly accelerated the induction of myopia or the need for glasses, the minus power coming into children. So we've had incidence prevalence reports of, say, 4%, 5%, and now the estimate is about 2050. 50% people will have refractive error. So the fact that you're just looking at some target which is near, your, your eyes are in an accommodative spasm, you're not doing enough outdoor activity, so children are getting glasses. That is compounded by the fact that they're not getting an eye checkup so easily. Because if you go to a local optician, they're not very enthusiastic about refracting children because it requires more expertise, requires dilatation. So these children actually need glasses and 1% of them may actually develop a lazy eye if they're not given glasses because it is the brain that is working with the eye at this time. And if you don't give them the correction at the right time, in adulthood, you can never have that eye fully functional with perfect vision. So, refractive error is definitely something that is increasing. The digital eye strain is causing dryness. Estimates have now increased to about 50% people suffering from dry eye. And the enhanced use of masks, see, when you're wearing a mask, the breath is actually moving out and hitting your eye. And that is causing evaporation of the tear film. So, there is an element called mask-associated dry eye. There was a time when people were so scared that it was advocated that wear a mask even indoors. So if you wear a mask all day and you're on the screen, it's a perfect cocktail for having dry eye. So these two are essentially accelerated by COVID. That said, regular eye examinations have been down by more than 30% and glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, age-related macular degeneration are diseases which are silent. So if you don't come up for a routine eye exam, you will not detect them in the earlier stages where it is easier to prevent or treat or at least counsel. So these routine detections in mild cases are becoming lesser. Studies have shown that 90% glaucoma cases are undiagnosed in India. This number is much lesser, say 40% in the Western world. So as it is, we are suffering from a lack of knowledge about eye and not visiting the doctor due to COVID is only enhancing these silent killers of sight, just spread to a severe form. Yeah,
0: and glaucoma, as you mentioned, is also... it's also something that is not easily recognizable, right? Because the symptoms are so underlying. And I want to bring in Dr. Khatri in on this. You know, what does one really do? The impact of this is massive because we're going, be, we going to be actually looking at, you know, a lot of eye problems being like an underlying epidemic moving forward because of the amount of people who are not paying attention to their eye care. Yes, uh,
3: very good question. And, uh, you know, rightly so, uh, partly explained very well by Dr. Ritika as well so we have different subsets of patients and the challenges are different you know there is a pediatric population there is a working age population mainly software industry related guys who are working from home so the problems are altogether different again digitalized strain in this age group is very common and the third is elderly population you know there are different challenges in elderly population altogether right from the you know access to health care the domestic uh, uh, problems and then the delay in the treatment so everything gets compounded now of late what we have seen is the blinding disorders like diabetic retinopathy glaucoma age related macular degeneration it's not only the delay in the treatment it's also lack of continuity of treatment. so that is what is one of the major challenge which we have to overcome uh, we are trying lot many programs from the healthcare point of view as well but the patient education remains the key factor here unless the patient is informed that we are dealing with you know a problem which Unless their participation is quite active in coming to the hospital with regular visits, following the advices, following a proper treatment schedule, these challenges cannot be overcome. And the burden is increasing every single passing day, you know. So that is another thing. Gone are the days where we used to see these problems once in a while in our OPD every day. Now we are we are overburdened with, with all these problems. So we also need to be geared up, which most of the hospitals especially chains like Centre for site who have a huge network of hospitals, they are very well geared up. So it's only the patient's hesitancy, you know, they have to break that barrier, come to the healthcare professional and get themselves treated. So this is one of the major take-home messages on the world side, that don't delay your treatment, get yourself access to any healthcare facility close by, especially when the uh, all these premium healthcare chains are there, they will take to, uh, take care of the patients from one to, uh, you know, uh, uh, entirely in total. Absolutely,
0: Dr. Khatri. And in fact, uh, this is a point where I also want to kind of uh, bring in the whole angle of how prevention is something that's not part of our uh, eye care processes. And I'll come to that right after this, uh, because I don't want to miss this link here, which is the fact that today, because of the pandemic also, we are seeing not just a more digitized world, but the whole influencer world has kind of really really grown and I want to come to Dr. Rajaratna for this you know today everybody from you know somebody who might be just a college going student to you know somebody who's working in a corporate setup or like you know doing absolutely anything is a sort of an influencer online I mean everybody has an Instagram account everybody can you know or like will go on Twitter and say something and get like you know two three thousand likes on it and you know become an influencer of sorts and when you live in a world like that and especially when you have all the time in the world because of the pandemic sitting at home since there are a lot of social activities that were kind of taken away from us it's not a great thing for your eye i don't i don't think our eyes are thanking us at all and you know how how do you view that situation really as someone who is on in on that platform and in that space so coming to that it's got its own pros and cons um See, I am into online
2: education as well. So I can't really, you know, deny the fact that you have, you can uh, do away with the screens. Okay. So because, see, uh, to be honest, my bread and butter also depends on that. So I can't really go ahead and say someone, even when they bring in students or my own MBA students, when they ask me, ma'am, what do we do for this? I said, see, you will have to, you know, titrate it, you know, balance it. That's all. So as we always say, it's, it's very... Uh, I mean, I don't have to say that everybody knows this 2020, 2020 20, 20 thing. So every 20 minutes, take a break and then uh, blink 20 times around. so. So these actually, this kind of awareness, everybody actually knows. So this is uh, something that we tell them. And uh, coming to this um, digital platforms, you know, during that lockdown, especially. You had amazing content and all the on all the OTTs. You just couldn't resist them, you know. And you're not going for work because we didn't see last year 2020. Nobody even knew what the virus was. What exactly it was, including us, especially ophthalmologists. Because when I was in part of WhatsApp groups with you know other specialists, other specialities, I really wouldn't understand what they're talking about. Like for us, <laughs> it's not. We don't get exposed to that much of COVID. See, even today. We don't have COVID-related, I think, that much. Yes, you do have the mucus or the black fungus and all that, but not that much. So for me, the virus itself was not very attractive at that time. So all of us were into these OTT, throwing out, you know, amazing web series, and you know, they're so addictive. So, so that is one component. Entertainment keeps you, you know, it keeps you engaged and also entertained. And at the same time, there was education thing. Because children had to be educated, you can't, you know, keep them away from education for a longer period of time. And after some time, when we realized the schools could still not be open, so online, everybody had to move to online, whether they liked it or did not like it. So at one point, you know, even when you're advising some kind of digital detox, it was not possible. No, so, and yes, and coming to this influencer thing. So this influencer thing was, this word is a a new word that even I got myself tagged to only since 2020. It is not a conscious choice. Okay, so for the past decade, I've been into teaching and for the past five years, I've been into online teaching. So it just so happens.
0: Uh, I I think you pointed out a really, really important aspect of it that it's a fact. I mean, people, it's hard to say that, like, don't look at your screens, right? But I think... uh, This brings us back to what I mentioned right before I came to you, which is the fact that prevention is not part of our, you know, clinical protocol when it comes to eye care. Like people just do not uh, look at getting regular eye checkups done until and unless there is a problem. And uh, Doctor Rizika, if you could just kind of elaborate on where. What, you know, where that gap is, how can we bridge that gap moving forward? So I
1: just want to make a small, a small point. We all have counters for how many steps we walk, how many calories we consume. You know, there there's a lot of awareness, but nobody has counters for screen time. See, if you eat more, it comes at the cost of weight, right? So similarly, screen time comes at the cost of, you know, eye strain. And these are things that we are ignoring. We are, there is a fitness surge, so as to say in terms of weight loss, in terms of, you know, but how many people are really talking about eye health? It's just not as fashionable, so as to say, but it must be a part of your fitness regime. Because if you have eyes that are strained, your, your overall ability to be productive at work, it does start getting affected. And please note that dryness increases with age. So, you know, there are after a certain age, dryness will only increase. So you are, as it is, getting affected by dry eye at a younger age. It's only going to get worse. So I think we should stop leveraging too much of the benefits of, you know, having uh, the youthful eyes that we have
0: as of now. But... We uh, should not take them for granted? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, absolutely. You're right. And, uh, you know, you earlier mentioned that, uh, you know, chronic dry eyes is something that is picking up as a disease and... I mean, I, I want to just highlight what are the symptoms, uh, if you can, you know, let our viewers know, what are the symptoms of dry eyes, you know, what are the to do's that they can kind of put in place and like to know that, okay, uh, if they are experiencing XYZ, what should they be doing? What is the care they need to take? And, and you know, is there something that can be done to prevent, um, you know, dry eyes disease? So dry eye basically, uh, it's sometimes
1: a paradox. It basically is an alteration of your quantity or quality of tears. So your tears have to lubricate your eye and wet the eye and stay on the eye. So if you have less quantity of tears, then of course, the the eye doesn't stay moisturized enough. But if the quality is also compromised, uh, then the tear film becomes unstable. So paradoxically, your eyes are watering, but the inside of the eye is actually not lubricated enough. So that is really what causes dry eye. Dry eye will have symptoms like watering, grittiness, irritation. You will feel that your eyes tend to get tired. So these are all the symptoms of dryness. But these combined with digital eye strain will have, you know, ache around the eye. You will have ache around the neck. You may even have your arms getting stiff. Because this whole complex comes in because you are focusing and your posture is, you know, fixed. So this is the digital eye strain syndrome, which moves not only around the eye, but also your neck, shoulder, arms and that area. So uh, over a period of time, if there are, uh, you know, uh, questionnaires available, such as the OSDI questionnaire, which asks you questions like, do you feel your eyes are watery, gritty? Do you feel your vision gets blurred temporarily? Because when the tear film breaks up, the eye is no longer smooth. And when you blink or insert lubricants, your vision clears up again. Do you feel that working on the computer for many, many hours actually makes your eyes feel tired? So tiredness. So these are all symptoms which through a questionnaire you can assess that do you have dryness? Dryness, if it is there, has to be treated with lubricating drops. Uh, Some of them are available over the counter. So that makes the patient not really visit an eye doctor. But do note, it's not only lubricating drops, you have to see if your vision is perfect and you are you need spectacles. So those two elements then get missed out.
0: That's a very important point. In fact, uh, I'll bring in Dr. Khatri here. Um, you know, we were just before this uh, session, we were having a discussion about how it in india there's a culture of self-diagnosis right um, now uh, dr Ritika made a very interesting point which is that you know a lot of these lubricants are available over the counter you know and that can act- actively prevent uh, dry eyes and you know not make it a chronic epidemic of sorts uh, dr khatri your input in terms of you know when when people are actually looking to self-diagnose something related to the eyes what are the things that they really need to keep in mind to make sure that they're not
3: harming their eyes more than you
0: know actually helping them
3: Again, uh, you know, self-diagnosis and self-medication uh, these two things uh, which has to be avoided, especially when it, when it is concerned, uh, you know, uh, related to your eyes. Just for three simple reasons for this. One is the diagnosis, most often or not, can be incorrect. Second is the treatment will not be correct. Even if it is a simple refractive error, that means you are not seeing well and you need to go on glasses. unless narcotics will be thoroughly checked, especially for the younger generation and the kids. And it has been prescribed correctly, then only the vision will be good. And now, uh, the, if the vision is not correct, you are, not, you are going to cause strain to your eyes, strain to your posture, and then the uh, digital eye strain or the computer vision syndrome and things that comes and set in. And once this set in, then it becomes a vicious cycle. Very difficult to break this. You know, once the child or once the adult has a computer vision syndrome related problem, it's very difficult for them to get out of this. In spite of good healthcare uh, uh, treatment at that point of time. The third thing, self medication and self diagnosis, what we don't advise is most often are not, like diseases like glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration, and so on, the list goes on. You know, or UVITs for that matter, keratoconus, uh, we are seeing a lot of, uh, there is an increased incidence of keratoconus, especially in the last two, three years. These are, you know, not treated correctly, can lead to disastrous complications later on, in spite of best of the treatment available. So you need to treat that in time. These are all blinding diseases and ignorance we find is one of the key factors here. You know, it's not that the facilities are not available. Uh, Gone are the days where we used to say, okay, in India, you know, even in entire two, five, three cities, there are very good facilities which are available. It's just that exceptionality is there. It's up to the patient and their caregivers to make full use of it. This will be my piece of advice for today.
0: Absolutely. And I think through this discussion, the one thing that we have established is that there is definitely a need for more awareness amongst people and there is also a need for people to start prioritizing their eyes over, you know, like waiting for it, instead of waiting for it to kind of go bad and like things to then reach a point where there might not be much scope for improvement, right? Because like Dr. Saty also said that we do have the facilities today, you know, we do have uh, everything at our disposal, the whole the ideas for people to really get out there and get their eyes examined in time and get that treatment. Dr. Radharathna, you work in the education space. like you're, I mean, you focus on making people aware about these things to kind of educate the public. Do you think it's really a, a daunting task to get people to start caring about their eye health as much as they care about everything else when it comes to their health? I mean, can we make eye care an important part of health care?
3: I think it's
2: not about I. We can. I think we should because it's it's extremely important uh, as everybody knows a lot of things in the eye does not show up you know it doesn't really show out the only thing when people are concerned is when their eyes are red or when they have those black circles that is when they are concerned see anything inside the eye or anything beyond that it does not really show up outside so as long as you know it's not visible outside people are not concerned i think that's that's the biggest part see if you have you know some uh, mark here People are concerned you have a mark here you're concerned because it shows you know it's a blemish but as far as the eye is concerned there's no blemish as such like a, ref- a refractive error it is not going to cause a blemish but let's say we uh, and that's also one of the reasons why it's very difficult to make the parents understand that you know the child has to wear the glasses or make the child understand that the child has to wear glasses you know, sometimes we go into some tricky statements with them. You know, like for example, even I tell them, you know, there are cases where refractive errors do cause a little bit of squinting. You know, but unko thoda exaggerate karke bolna padta hai kabhi. you know, when you grow up, you'll have a squint, and then the parents are concerned because kya ho you know, child is still a five year old kid, but the parents are concerned about that. You know, so you have to kind of use the mentality that is prevalent amongst people to. Educate them also. As far as this refraction, as everybody uh, says that, see the child when they don't wear that those glasses during those appropriate years, those years, you can't correct them later. And at that point in time, it shatters your dream. Like when people come for, you know, uh, uh, qualify for the police exam and come for the medical and then we tell them, no, one eye is lazy. And then they say, ma'am, this has been my dream all through my life. Now it's shattered. You know? So it's important that children must undergo a regular eye checkup. I mean just one eye checkup a year, and you know teachers should be aware that when a child is not focusing on studies, child is inattentive, child is just talking to the neighbor. It's not because the child has some other problem. It just could be an eye problem. The child is not able to see what is written on the board, or is, is having that strain while reading. So the child is doing everything else other than you know reading and also there's one good thing about this lockdown that i noticed was i mean at least amongst our uh, medical fraternity my uh colleagues you know they were they were also at home spending more time with their children in sitting along with them during their you know online classes and they realized that their children are screwing their eyes when they are looking into the uh, laptop so they you know they ask okay so does my child need an eye checkup. I said, of course, yes, you should have got one done by now. The child is already six years old. And, you know, so there were so many issues like this that did crop up. So that means eye care is very, very essential, especially in children. And also in, uh, you know, this middle age groups where they're getting diabetes. And as uh, Katrisa said, you know these uh, posterior segment disorders. They don't manifest outside. You don't see anything outside. They might be losing their vision. They might be thinking everything is normal, but they reach an end stage where you know even the doctor, whatever he might want to do, will not be able to restore the vision. So yes, so the awareness is extremely yes. important and yes, that
0: is I think right. what we do. And, and I think I really kind of hung on to your point about the fact that sometimes social conceptions play a huge role in these things as well and I think we do need to, uh, you know, we need to work towards um, uh, messaging that uh, fits in those social conceptions but also kind of works towards breaking those taboos also as well, right? I think we need to work in an extremely inclusive space while we uh, talk about all sorts of Care with, with regards to our health. But uh, today's World Side Day, and we're talking about. Eye health and eye care. And I want to just, uh, before we close this discussion, I just want to get, uh, first of all, a few closing remarks from Dr. Ritika and Dr. Khatari in terms of what is the way forward? Uh, what do you think people should do right now and what they can do? And then I have a few questions that, you know, our viewers, the most common questions that kind of popped up from people in terms of what they'd like to know when it comes to eye care. So I'd like to take a couple of those questions before we wrap up this discussion. So just quickly to Dr. Ritika. Uh, And then to Dr. Khatri, uh, a few closing statements in terms of where do you think we're headed at this point of time? What do you think we need to do? Where is the intervention really required?
1: So I think uh, the pandemic has made our world really cocooned us into screens and made us realize that we are now really not experiencing the world through any other sense as much as we are experiencing it through sight. Right? Uh, because conversations are also very visual and digitally enabled. Uh, so, the wellness of the eye, and that is aptly reflected in the theme of World Side Day love your eye. Because, so, love your eyes, is giving the wellness. But you should also realize that sometimes healthcare has a sense of urgency and that sense of urgency should not be ignored just to give it a wellness angle is not enough, have a sense of urgency, that sense of urgency does not require you to do anything more than going for an annual checkup, even if you have normalized and if you have a disease follow up, because only the doctor can give the right advice. In the eye setup, there are alternatives in terms of going to optical shops and we do have some great optometrists helping us, but please, if you have an eye disease, or if you have young children who need spectacles, it is an earnest request to to take the expertise of an ophthalmologist for specific cases, most definitely.
0: Uh, Doctor Khatri, um, just closing statements from you as well. Just kind of taking the baton on from Doctor Ittika, with regard to what we
3: really need to do. Yes. So uh, I always say, uh, you know, believe that uh, we again can divide this into three segments. You know, child health uh, is of utmost importance. Just to give you a small example, uh, where uh, the, the, uh, the school where my kids go, in, we did a small. Uh, you know, exercise as we were part of the health committee is uh, uh, we involve, you know, the education system people. So we involve the teachers, we involve the manageable staff, then we involve the students from different sections. And we also involve the parent. To our surprise, the kid, kids were the most educated, uh, you know, uh, from the lot. So uh, the, the, this is from the teachers community as well, where they are looking for some kind of help, you know, like because they have to manage these children, which are you know, thousands in number across each you know, every school in India. So uh, they are also going through digitalized strain because the, uh, the hybrid models are still on for online schools. So this is what we break down in the last couple of, six, in about six months. So this was one of the areas where I really stressed that the digital uh, world is going to stay here. So the kids have to you know, be fine-tuned uh, and also make them understand how to use these uh, facilities to their extent, you know, which can benefit to them uh, in The maximum way, but at the same time, we should not harm your eyes. At the same time, refractive errors and dryness have been highlighted by Dr. Ritika as well, which you should not be overlooked into this. When you come to the adult population, we did a lot of work with people from IT sectors because they were working from home. So the another risk, another factor which is quite uh you know massively uh, setting is depression. You know, people are psychologically depressed, working from home, not being you know socially attached. Uh, uh, and uh, away from home. So there are a lot many factors which we have to interplay on that. So this is the one thing which we have to uh, overcome. And due to COVID pandemic, what has happened is diseases which have been seen in elderly population any, it, it can be in any specialty, not only related to ophthalmology, they are been seen in mostly in younger population. And this also indirectly affect your eyes. We are seeing a lot of eye related stroke, you know, stroke in the eye or uh, uh, vein occlusions, what we called as, or even the early onset of diabetes, this is also impairing this site. And then comes the delay in diagnosis, because most of the information is available online. People just go on Google, you know, do their search. You know, that is also correct. I'm not saying you should not do it, but sometimes this this can be a misleading information. So unless an alternative has been looked into it properly, uh, you can, you know, uh, deny yourself the chance to get, you know, a maximum possible benefit out of the treatment and then the third elderly population there is a lot of delay in you know elective procedures people are delaying their surgeries which is again not good for their own health of their own eyes you know delaying in doing a cataract surgery or a retina surgery for that matter or a glaucoma surgery or, or any kind of retinal treatment which has been advised so this delay the bridge between this delay gap we have to overcome this we are educating from our side but again, we see a lot many patients who have come past on a time where the time has, you know, the, the treatment could not be that effective. It would have just done a few months back or, few, you know, a few days back. So that is, again, we need to stress this importance of uh, this point on that world side day that don't delay on the treatment. And now what we have realized very beautifully in ophthalmology is once we have a diagnostic, we know that the patient has this problem. Most of the follow-up examinations can be done online. You know, most of the hospitals, the central site, they have their own platform of uh, you know online uh, consultation. We have our own online consultation platform. So, lot many things you know can be channelized for the patient. But the most important thing, they have to come and visit you at least once at the first group. Once you know that when the hospital knows the problem, the treatment plan can be reached out. We have done lot many. Work. We have done a lot of work to reach out on the elderly population so that the follow-up visits can be done at their home, at their doorstep itself. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to come. Only the treatment will be done in the hospital. So this will be a strong take-home
0: message for today. Absolutely. No, I think in general, I think it's been, an, it's been a great discussion, extremely insightful. I think there's a lot that our viewers can take away from this. What I want to just do now, before we quickly wrap up in the next five to seven minutes, is that I want to uh, take up a few questions. Like I said, that we got from our viewers in terms of what are what are the most commonly asked questions when it comes to eye care, and if we can do this in a quick rapid fire format, I think that'll be really interesting for our viewers as well. So I'll just uh, I'll ask out the question and I'll I'll call out the name of the person that I'd like to answer the question. And if you could just give me a quick, you know, short. Um, crisp answer to that question these are very basic you know FAQs with regards to eye care so um, let's get started we have some very very interesting uh, questions over here just getting started uh, coming to Dr. Jessica how often should we get our eyes examined
1: at least once a year uh, for children and above the age of 40 but regularly once a year is something that is recommended starting from birth.
0: All right going to Dr. Rajaratna uh, what are the major causes of vision loss for individuals aged 40 years and older?
2: It's not about vision loss it's more about the visual impairment. One thing is as you age you get the presbyopia where you have the need for reading glasses. Okay, so that's one thing. And then uh, we have a lot of uh, huge diabetic population in India. So you have this diabetic retinopathy. And with age, you have cataract setting in, then you have this uh, glaucoma, which is a silent killer. I mean, if you see glaucoma practitioners, they'll tell you there's like a lot of undiagnosed glaucoma. And ARMD as well. That is your, you said it, age related macular degeneration.
0: Absolutely. Going to Dr. Khatri, what exactly are the initial symptoms of glaucoma? Since we've highlighted multiple times that it goes undiagnosed most of the time. So, what exactly are the initial symptoms of glaucoma?
3: There are two main, uh, simpler forms of glaucoma. One is called as a silent killer, which is in medical terms called as an open angle glaucoma, where until the time patient loses a significant amount of peripheral vision, they will not even realize that they have got glaucoma. It rarely causes any major eye problem apart from the vision loss and the eye heaviness sometimes. The second most common type is, which is most commonly seen in Asian population is called an angle closure glaucoma, which is actually a slightly serious problem where the drainage channels of the uh, uh, for the fluid to uh, get drained from the eye are a little narrower. And this form of glaucoma unless until it has been looked by a specialist can be often misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. So this has to be looked into it very carefully. Again, uh, with, if it is only related to glaucoma, uh, people who have strong family history of glaucoma, they need periodic checkups, as Dr. Ritika rightly said every year at least once you need to get checked and also make sure that any symptoms like pain, redness of the eye or decreased vision, when, so whenever any patient experiences, should report to the ophthalmologist at the earliest.
0: My last question, and I, and this is to all three of you, if you could all highlight at least one point in terms of what can be done to reduce the chances for vision loss. Dr. Ritika you. I think regular eye checkup. Just take expert
1: advice. Fortunately, we have the availability of ophthalmologists and technology and treatment for um, a great amount of uh, the conditions and i don't think that there is a lack of treatment available just awareness access and take the advice and follow up
0: dr ajaratna what can be done to reduce the chances for vision loss
2: i think that should be early diagnosis because of uh, one is it can be achieved by regular eye checkup and also people being aware of their own uh, vision you know a simple thing that they can do is when they wake up in the morning is close one eye and look at an object and close the other eye and look at the object that is one of the early ways they can pick it up at their own homes, especially the older ones who have diabetes and age-related macular degeneration and glaucoma. This is one simple thing that they can be doing at home to pick it
0: up early. Dr. Khatri, just to close this rapid fire around, what can be done to reduce the chances of vision
3: loss? I always say these are three A's for this. You know, To any patient or to any layman also, whenever I address any gathering, I always say three A's. So the first A is awareness. Whenever you see... Or whenever you realize that there is something wrong, not only with your family members, even with some strangers, always tell them to give them a piece of advice that, you know, you are having some kind of problem better to be addressed. The second A is accessibility. There is a lot of accessibility available nowadays. It's only patient's own inhibitions that, you know, we are, we are living so far. The facilities are not available. It's not the case anymore. Digital world has changed the way we used to access things, you know. So it's up to us to make full use of the technology and also the expertise. And the third thing is act. You need to act fast. Don't buy time. It's with COVID as well. The moment you realize you have some symptoms, you act fast. What are you waiting for? The world is there to help you out. Uh, and all the healthcare professionals together, not only us, uh, they are all fighting uh, on the, especially the message from IAPD, that is International Association of Prevention of Blindness. This World site Day has been designed by them. In such a way that we need to create more awareness, more accessibility, so that we don't we see you know a blind free world that is what is the aim. and I think it's a
0: perfect uh sort of a motto to end this discussion you know awareness accessibility and action and I think that's something that our viewers are definitely going to take away with them at the end of this discussion thank you so much Dr. Ritika Dr. Khatri and Dr. Rajaratna for joining us today I think it's been an extremely informative session and I really really hope that our viewers take away a lot from this and can take a step towards improving their eye health and just paying more attention to their eyes. And like uh, Dr. Ritika pointed out earlier, the the whole theme of World Sight Day is to love your eyes. And I think let's just do that. Let's pay more attention to our eyes. Let's love our eyes. And let's just make eye care a very, very important part of health care. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on the panel. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to tune in to more such conversations, subscribe to the SPAG Dialogue podcast or visit our website, spagdialogue.com.